0: What would you need to conquer your biggest fear? My biggest fear? I don't even know what my biggest fear is. I mean, there's, I'm sure they're there. Um, I guess the first thing I need to do is figure out what my biggest fear is. And that itself would be a process, right? Um, What is my biggest fear? I think I'm working on it. I think I'm working on it. Um, So I had a habit of Trying to be the center of attention when I was younger, uh, and I think I was I was afraid of social rejection in a way that was sort of unhealthy. Um, I acted. I I did. I, I was a lead singer in a band. I did all these things to be front and center, and not being front and center and making progress in the background has been, it took me a long time to get to the point where I could do that and enjoy that and actually find it more satisfying than being front and center. Um, so that social rejection thing is probably where where my biggest fears lie. Um, I, I, I think being Joining the Freemasons and and being part of a fraternity and having that sort of support, being part of a social network that where I trusted that everyone was doing their best to to treat each other well really helped me with that. And I'm sort of, I think I, I kind of have what I need to face my biggest fear and have been working on it for a few years now. Um, I I still, I still have to be very mindful of that and and kind of like watch, watch, how am I reacting to say somebody, somebody not liking something I did or or things like that. And, um, but I I think at this point I I do have the tools. If If you asked me this 10 years ago and I was able to identify that that was that was my biggest fear. I don't, I didn't have the tools to do that. Um, It took a long time to to get there, but that's one of the really great things about being middle-aged. I think, you know, like certain things that you, you know, you wish somebody had just given you those, those gifts when you were younger and, but uh, I have them now. So yeah, I I think I have, I have what I need. Excellent. Any follow-up?
1: I have one, a little, it's really insightful. And also um, what you were talking about, like how you were front and center w- with wanting that attention of being in a band and um, acting, those are were super healthy ways of, of getting that attention too. Um, I mean, big ways of getting attention, but they were, um you know healthy ways I don't know if there were other ways, but those are the,
0: the problem was that they existed as a means to to deal with the fear itself right I, I wasn't particularly great at any 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 room where I wasn't the best and that's extremely limiting um I was I was the, the reason why I was, just singing while well, I was singing in the band in a front man it was partially because I liked that attention but also partially because I was so intimidated by the other musicians I were around who were and are their professional musicians now that I didn't practice music itself to the degree that I could have because I didn't want to not be the best so I actually walked away from learning things and skills skills and developing myself uh, because I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to put myself out there. And that was, I mean, that was a big that that set me back a lot. You know, I mean, now I I look back. It's funny because this is on my mind now because I just found a CD from my band that you know, broke up in 2002 and um, I was listening to it. I was like, wow, like there was there was great talent there and i dropped it i just stopped and if i had realized what i had and grabbed on to those musicians i mean those guys some of those guys have masters in composition now and write classical pieces and whatever if i had just rode on their coattails and been a little more modest and been willing to not be the top dog i could have really developed a, a lot further. So I, there's, there's some regret related to that. Sorry, I interrupted. You. I no, no, that was no. That's no, all. That was, that. um, sense. So how, how would you say that you would have taken criticism, you know, 20 years ago, as opposed to now? Is, is that kind of following that path too? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I still, the, the difference is I know I struggle with criticism now. So I can, I can handle it a lot better. Um, I think I would have taken the criticism and sulked back then. Um, and I would have beaten myself up endlessly for, for it. Whereas now, like, I can understand healthy criticism and, and the value of that and um, and use it as a means to develop. Um, I, I still have a awful problem with not admitting my mistakes, but getting over them. You know, if I, if something happens that, that is, if I say something stupid in particular, if I say something stupid, that will haunt me. I mean, that'll haunt me for a really long time, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can it's not that I can't take the criticism in that I deny that I was wrong. It's more that I can't let go of it. And now, thankfully, as a, you know, and I'm a little older and I understand that I will get over it if I fix it, you know, um, which, I don't know why there was a disconnect in my younger years on that. But you know, at least, at least that's there. Yep. So what are you, what do you you're working on? What do you think Um, what's helped you get over it like what did you need to 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 be able to handle criticism better to overcome that as your fear of of being in the background um i think i had to give up on some stuff you know I, i think i was so attached to this idea of of generalized greatness, which was, you know, it's the worst thing to try to attempt, right? You know, if you're trying to attempt at being great at one thing, then you can hyper-focus on that one thing and and get it done. But I had this, I wanted, it was so generalized. I wanted to be good at everything. And that's something that I think is sold to our youth uh, and really throws people off track. You know you're you're just great. You're great at everything. You know you know everything you. As long as you do your best. Like, not really. You know. Not if like, if you want to. Now I know to let go of the things that I'm that I'm not going to be the best at certain things, uh, and that I have a target for how good I want to be at certain things, and then I can break it up into to pieces and work on that. Um, I, I'm playing since October I've been playing the bass guitar which is I and it's so much easier to pick up a bass and play now that I know that I'm not going to grow up and be a rock star it's just so much easier and so much more enjoyable and the pressure's off and I think that has a lot to do with it you know I made it to a point right I have I have much more than what I need and I mean I'm not super wealthy but I have more than what I need in order to to enjoy my life and 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 you know I'm not worried about food on the table or something like that and I have more than what I need socially and I have, I mean I know I have a good life and so the pressure's off and you know I'm I'm really hoping in you know when covid's over that I play in a cover band and people like the music and maybe even write some songs with the old the old band I was with but There's no like I need to be, you know. The next John Lennon or this ridiculous pressure that I I don't know where it came from. I mean, I I I do see it in young people in general to a certain degree, but, uh, you know that, the fact that that's gone. Being being middle aged is so freeing in that regard because it's like it's like no, just just play the bass because you want to play the bass. Write the song because you want to write the song, you know just just do that and, and everything kind of falls into place. Oh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: It's like that article I sent you guys today about um, there's wisdom in getting older. I mean, not aid, you know, we're not old. I, I don't know about middle age, but whatever, You however you want to word it. But you know, we just get wiser as we get older, and we see we're able to kind of um, look inside ourselves a little bit differently and look at how we did things 20 years ago, and kind of say, "I really would have done that a lot differently," or "Why did I do? Why did Why did I do it that way? I would have done it. But why did I Why did I make that choice?" And it just we do get so much wiser. Mm. We do things for so many different reasons.
0: I think there's something also just to knowing you have enough or you are enough or you don't have to be you know and that yeah absolutely that comes with age.
1: You are enough. I like that.
0: Yeah. What's funny is I feel like the the notion of like oh just do your best and that's fine was somehow against this notion of you are enough, even though it sounds like it's encouraging this idea that, that you are enough. I think it, it actually was sort of like, you don't, you know, th- there was like a built-in lie to, to my generation that said, you know, where they were like, no, no, that's, that's perfect. And deep down all the kids went, no, no, this isn't perfect. Like, I know I'm not doing great at this. And if you're telling me I'm doing great at this, Now I'm just confused, you know, and I mean, I'm not confused anymore, but I I really feel like that message stole 20 years of progress out of my life, you know, and, you know, I, there's a lot of things like that. I, I I went to school for cultural anthropology and, um, boy, they really sold me, they sold me a lot about how useful that was going to be as far as uh, pay and, you know, I, I ended up I ended up becoming a police officer because what well, paid better than anthropology. And I, I was marrying a woman from Mexico from a wealthy family who was expecting to be a housewife and I couldn't afford her. And uh, you know, but they they sold me a bunch of stuff there about how wonderful I was gonna be with this degree in anthropology. And I graduated the top of my class and or in the top and had a major and three minors and you know straight A's and I came out and went here it is and then it was like what what is it and it's that same this this sort of I I think that's one of the things that that now I'm I'm really really working on this idea of tell the truth and make sure you're really looking for the truth because people think they're telling the truth all the time And they're not, they're lying to themselves as much as they're lying to anybody else. And, you know, that, that notion that the truth is so important and that we have to keep searching for that and never be completely sure that we've grabbed it so that we keep searching like that. That's really been helpful. (laughs) It's like you, you, you have, there's this there's a certain degree of discernment that is absolutely necessary and you should be, you should be rank ordering behaviors, at least behaviors. You know, you, you can, you can say, okay, we, you know, we're all created equal, but that behavior is not equal to that other behavior or that, that habit is not equal to that other habit. And yeah, those habits put that person behind the dumpster and it, I'm, I'm real, I'm still mad. I'm still mad that they told me that it was all, like you were saying, that it was, that everything's, everything's equal. No, not everything's equal. When I mess up, I mess up and somebody should have told me that, you know? And now I'm 39 years old and I went, no, th- I'm just learning now. That's what messing up looks like. And this is what doing well looks like. And I'm trying to teach my kids stuff that I had to teach myself at 37 and 38, you know? And I feel robbed. I feel totally robbed by that message that, that everything Everything's good. Everything's equal. Yeah, everyone should be treated as though you know we are we're born equal, but so
1: I hear what you're saying. It's not it. People can be equal. The behaviors are, are different.
0: And then then there becomes the question of like, are we? What are we? Right? And and I don't want to go like too far down the rabbit hole, but like there are many people who would view us as the culmination of all of our behaviors. And then in that case, we're not because I'm not equal to who I was at 19. Now I, I'm. It is absolutely imperative that I treat everyone as equal. But I'm going to look at who I was. It's imperative for society to function. There's there's no there's no other other way to do that because you you have to treat people with respect so that they can be their best selves. But you. You can't tell me that 19-year-old me is equal to who I am now. My 19-year-old me had a good chance of ending up in a gutter somewhere, you know. And thankfully, the right things happened in my life where I ran into the right people or witnessed the right behaviors and incorporated some of those. But I don't know. I, yes, I mean, we, we do. We do have to treat Everybody is equal. It's absolutely incredibly imperative, but we also have to, we have to hold two paradigms at the same time. We also have to rank order the habits of people. And I'm okay with saying we are not a culmination of our habits, but then that leaves a whole question of what are we? And then I don't even necessarily find it functional or useful to go down that rabbit hole.